Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. I'm, I'm not checking my messages. I have something here for us today. Amen. If I don't lose it, there we go. I'd like to thank Morgan for uh, your thoughtful leadership in worship. You would notice the songs and our lyrics. She was aware we were having communion today. She's aware of what we're studying in the book of Romans. and uh, She doesn't just like pick a song. I would if it, you know... But she, she prayerfully leads us in worship as she, as she prepares during the week. Amen? Amen? So I thank you for that. And that song, People, it's a good thing I had about 10 minutes between you and Anthony praying. I had about, I had about 10 minutes to catch my breath. That's a, that's a beautiful, wow, wow, beautiful song, beautiful song. You know, I don't think the Holy Spirit is letting up on us. Uh, letting up on us again this week. Uh, they're kind of a tough message, but a very, a very timely, a very timely message for us uh, today. Again, in the beginning of Romans chapter two, you know it's a milestone when when you push when you push this expository preacher from one chapter to the next. Y'all say amen every time we start a new chapter. You say, "Whoo, he finally got out of that one." So we're going to be in Romans chapter two this morning, verses one through eleven really deserves our attention. Uh, Paul is going to continue this conversation about God's wrath and God's judgment being poured out on all ungodliness and unrighteousness. But in the back of our minds, every Sunday, we're going to remember our theme verse for the entire book of Romans. Um, and it is instructive, Romans 1, 16 and 17, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. It's all about the gospel. Each and every week, regardless of our themes here, and Paul is going to break down the gospel about 112 different ways in the book of Romans. And one of the themes you're going to continue to see throughout the book of Romans is uh, to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. So, So just remember, if you're not Jewish, if you're here today and you're not Jewish, We are the Greeks, or Gentiles, uh, your Bible might say, which is accurate. So if you're not Jewish, you don't know anything about Hanukkah and Bar Mitzvah like myself, um, um, you're a Greek, we're Greeks and Gentiles today, just for the sake of what Paul is writing. So last week, if his message, last week was primarily, um, it was primarily to the Gentiles, And he talked about, remember, God handing them over. And we talked about these sins um, that that they start in the lustful passions of our heart and we end up with a depraved mind. 
And a depraved mind cannot come back, or depraved heart. A depraved heart cannot come back on its own. It requires the gospel. A depraved heart requires the shed blood of Jesus Christ for salvation in order to make that comeback. Amen? Amen. That's the only way any of us make that comeback. And he listed these sins. And in particular, we talked about the the sin of same-sex attraction. Not going to go over that again, except to remember that at the end of the chapter... Paul gives the most exhaustive list of sinfulness in the New Testament. If your sin of choice is not in that list somewhere, come and talk to me after the service. I will help you find it. But so here we are. And Paul says in chapter 2, I'm going to read our text before I say anything else. Chapter 2, verse 1, Paul says this. Therefore, you have no excuse every one of you who passes judgment for in that which you judge another you condemn yourself for you who judge practice the same things and we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things but do you suppose this O man when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his mercy and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the mercy of God leads you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each person according to his deeds. To those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath and indignation, there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also to the Greek. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 11, for there is no partiality with God. Amen? Amen. Today, and every time I have an opportunity in the text Uh, uh, gives me the opportunity to reveal, it reveals something to us about the nature and character of who God is, we must take note of that. So as we're getting started this morning, we see that there is no partiality with God. What does that mean? It means that our God is always fair and equitable in his treatment of everyone. Amen. Amen. God is always Always. completely fair and equitable in his treatment of all people. If one experiences the wrath and judgment of God and eternal separation from God, God has said that that is just and fair. We heard last week, The gospel saves us 
from our sins. The gospel brings us to salvation. Therefore, we don't get what we really deserve. Amen. Amen. But the text here today, the text here today continues this theme that of, of God's wrath. And he uses a couple more words this week. Indignation and judgment for those um, for those who practice ungodliness and unrighteousness. Now, if last week Paul was talking primarily to the Gentiles, this week uh, we can gather from our text that he is probably, he is most likely um, speaking to his Jewish, Paul is Jewish, to his Jewish brothers and sisters. I have a definition here. And by the way, have any of you ever felt that you have been treated unfairly in your life? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, brother said, oh, yeah. He didn't just say amen. He said, oh, yeah. Have you ever been treated um, unfairly or been misjudged by people uh, that you care about? Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever just truly been devastated and hurt over that. Yeah. 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 And not only that, you know what? Um, I've done it. I've been on the other side of it. Yeah, I've been on both sides of it. I have treated people unfairly and unjustly. But you know, and that is why it is so important as we dive in here today, we remember that we serve a God who always treats everyone justly, fairly, and with equity. There are those out there who do not believe that. Some people really struggle with if God loves people, loves me, why do people go to hell? If God loves all people, why do people go to hell? We're not going down the rabbit hole this morning, but I promise you, remember last week, God has revealed himself. Today he's saying that there is, to his Jewish brothers and sisters, there is no excuse. So the word equity comes up a lot in our culture today, and, and I'm glad it needs to be talked about. Um, and it needs to be, uh, we need to be made aware of truths in our culture, some of which are uncomfortable, um, some of which reveal how people have been treated poorly. But the word equity, the quality of being fair and impartial, is interesting too in the, in the business sense, the values of the shares issued by a company. If I buy 100 shares of stock in a company and you buy 10 shares and we buy them on the same day at the same price, we're both, the equity is that we're both receiving Thus, we're both receiving the same gains and losses. If I have bought 100 shares, I have more money than you because you only bought 10 shares. Because it sounds nicer if I would have said that the other way around. I'll let you have, the, have more shares and I'll have less. But, so, so I'm still going to have more money than you at the end of the day. But, but, but you were the shares, they grew or shrank in an equitable way. In other words, we both received what was fair and equitable uh, in that business transaction of buying or selling those stocks. But I don't shy away from, nor do I try to go places where I don't belong, 
But you know what? Um, my my African American brothers and sisters and African American people um, who who came to the United States over 400 years ago against their will, uh, enslaved by another group of people, um, did not choose that. They were treated unfairly and unjustly and without equity. And so now, 400 years later, we're having those conversations. Have we made progress? Yes, we've made progress. Is that a reason to stop? No. I think our conversations are even more uncomfortable now because we have made some progress. And some of us, particularly white people, we would like to just say, it's all good now, let's just move on. We straightened it all out, y'all, come on, let's just, no, no. And that's how this term equity, um, at Diane's school, she is thrilled to be part of um, the equity team at her school. And uh, this equity team leads the entire staff in these conversations um, uh, on a monthly basis, I believe, at times. And, and so Diane and her, her team, you know, um, they're having hard conversations in their small group, and then they lead their entire school staff in conversations around racial equity. And, and when I am learning that when white people, well, I'll just talk about me, when I put my hand over my mouth and you're talking, I'm less likely to talk and I'm a better listener. And some of us, I'll just speak for myself, um, some of us need to be better listeners. But what in the world does that have to do with our text today? Listen, these religious, Paul is writing, I think, primarily to the Jews, and, and at least, well, let's just say that, okay? If you want to argue, we'll argue later. But he's saying, look, you have no excuse. Every one of you who passes judge, Paul is saying, look, you're over here looking down your nose on the Gentiles. And the Jews had a lot of reasons to do that. They were God's chosen people. And in, in the Gospels, they said, uh, they, they even messed with Jesus. Uh, they messed with, they didn't know what they were doing. They told Jesus, we're Abraham's children. Right. Or they said, Moses is our father. Ultimately, they would say, Abraham is our father. Yeah. Can you imagine Jesus standing there scratching his head? Here's Jesus, flesh and blood, here on the earth. And these people who are supposed to be his chosen people are saying, they're calling Jesus a heretic. They want to kill him. And they're saying, we're Abraham's children. And Jesus is scratching his head. And by the way, we're going to get into this later in Romans, the end of three in Romans chapter four, Paul goes all Abraham on these Jews. He does. And it's good. It's, it's really good. And it's important. But he's saying, though, the, here's a, and, and here's a great lesson for religious folk. If we're church folk, if you consider yourself church, church folk isn't a dirty word, by the way. But but we got we must be we must challenge one another here in the room before we go out there. Amen. Paul's saying to these people, we're we're chosen by God. Abraham's our father. God brought us out of slavery from the Egyptians. He gave us victory over the Assyrians. He gave us victory over the Babylonians. He gave us victory over the Medes and the Persians. He's our God our God. You Greeks and you Romans, y'all go to hell. Um, they, you know, really. Unless you convert to Judaism. Right. So, so, so Paul is saying here, um, he's saying here to the Jews, 
those of you who pay, they will look down their nose. And the Greeks and Romans were famous for their immorality. I think a couple hundred years, some preacher's going to be standing up here saying that those Americans, they were famous for their immorality. And they'll be using us as examples. But so, so Paul says, you're looking down your nose at those people committing those sins. I worked in a work environment that was primarily African-American for 15 years in the union. We had great jobs in the union. And the old guys used to mess with us, you know. If you ever said, if you ever said, you people or those people, you said, what you talking about, white boy? <laughs> and they wanted, so we would have a little, sometimes fun, sometimes yeah, not, right? But the Jews said, look at those people over there committing those sins. So now the Jewish, the good church folk might have been saying, well, well, we don't wrestle with same-sex attraction, or, or I'm not out there cheating on my spouse. But they, but uh, the writer, um, the writer, of one of the books I study says, okay, well, but let's go back to one uh, twenty-nine and go over that list. Have you gossiped? Um, have you stolen something? Are you arrogant? Are you boastful? Are you disobedient to parents? Man, he starts going down that list. Ouch, man, we could all find our sin of choice in that list, right? And and again, I think it goes even I think it goes even deeper if we went all the way back to um to to 118 and 20 that the Jews, because of their religiosity and, and their their past with God, were missing out on their relationship with God. Listen, Jesus, it all changed with Jesus. If we're under the new covenant, um, our Jewish friends must find Jesus the same way you and I must find Jesus. And so, so they had a real hard time. Um, they had, had some difficulty here. Um, and so Paul says, one, uh, you have no excuse, those of you who are passing judgment. He says, for you who judge practice the same thing. Listen, and we know that the judgment of God falls upon those who practice such things. Check yourself. Clean your own house. Have I applied? You could be church folk. I know people sat in church 15, 20, 30 years and, and then come to Christ and say, and fall on their face and say, I've been in church all these years and I think I really never knew Christ. The Jews thought they had an end with God because they were God's chosen people. Paul is challenging them. Verse 3, he says, and it's almost this diatribe, it's almost this diatribe style of conversation. He says, in verse 3, he says, do you think that you will escape the judgment of God? Saying, hey, look, while you're out there worrying about what someone else is doing, while you're out there making a list of so-and-so sins and so... You know, uh, them people that live up on the third floor in 3C, y'all know, y'all know the walls are kind of thin in our building. Y'all know what they're up there doing, right? But, uh, but, but much more reticent or, or hesitating or hesitant to talk about one's own sinfulness. And so look, um, he says then, he turns it over in a way. So we go from those of you who pass judgment, right? You, you all know, nobody, there's no judgmental people here, but, but you know those people, right? Those judgmental people. 
you can actually feel when somebody's looking down. They don't even have to say something. Sometimes they don't even have to say anything, right? right. You can kind of feel them just looking at you like you're less than. And, and so Paul is addressing these religious people. He said, your religion is not, in and of itself, is not going to save you from the wrath of God. Apart from Jesus Christ and your salvation in Christ Jesus alone, by the way, your religion will not save you. And then secondly, he says here, um, or do you think lightly, verse 4, and we have um, verses, uh, really verses uh, 4 through, really 4 through 11 here, but he says, do you think lightly of the riches of his mercy and tolerance and patience? So, so now I've taken God's position by judging you because I'm going to judge. Now I'm judging you for your sins. But you know what he says? He says here, he says, are you taking it for granted or do you think lightly of God's mercy and tolerance and patience? Okay. In other words, as long as someone is on this earth is, is breathing and alive, there is every opportunity for them to experience God's mercy and grace and be saved. Paul says, so now you're busy worrying about the wrong thing. Why? Because I'm out here, when I'm judging you, not only should I be looking at myself, secondly, I'm really ignoring the mercy, patience, and tolerance of God. God's being merciful to that person. If they woke up that day, while I'm standing there looking down my nose at you having unkind thoughts and naming your sins, God's having mercy on you because you still, whether you, I don't even know whether you know Jesus or not, but let's say you don't. God is being merciful to you. Yes. So should I. God is showing patience and tolerance towards you. So should I. Thank you. I'm getting tongue-tied here. And look, and, and we'll, um, I'm not prepared. I'm not fully prepared to give you the biblical definition of, of what, what. Slow down, Charlie. How God's tolerance is different than our definition of tolerance. There's, there's, yeah, and, and we'll, and hold me to it. Make sure I tell you all next week. I'm not prepared to do it today. He says, so now not only am I judging, but I'm taking God's mercy and grace for granted as well. So we move on then. And he says, again, verse five, but because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, he must be talking to someone who does not, has not experienced salvation. Someone who has not experienced coming into right relationship with God uh, through Jesus. Because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath. Look, you're not just going to get wrath. you got a savings account and you're, and you're putting wrath in it. Look, he said, you guys, you people who like to go around judging other people, not only not only are you going to experience the wrath of God, but you're depositing wrath into your, you're going to get a whole bunch of it. He says, you are storing up wrath. Man, that's kind of scary to me. Uh, and he says, and revelate in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. The day is coming. And the book of Revelation says that the book, um, is going to be open and whoever's name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life will be separated from God forever. 
forever. Listen, we must have a sense of urgency about the gospel. We must have a sense of urgency about our own salvation. And then we must have a sense of urgency to share the gospel with others. And he says, but because you, you judgmental, you judgmental people who think you're all right, but you're not, you're storing up wrath on for the day of judgment. He quotes uh, Psalm, I believe it's 6212. Don't let me tell you any um, stories here. Psalm 6212. He says, who will render to each person according to his deeds. Now, we're going to have two kinds of people, right? And we're kind of painting that picture already. So next, he says, to those who by perseverance doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. So, in your salvation, let me back up. The second group, verse 8. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation are coming. So remember, unrighteousness, all ungodliness, all unrighteousness from chapter 1. So there are two groups of people here. And I want to be really careful here. We know um, that, the, that Paul makes it um, explicitly clear to us in all of his letters that we are saved by grace through faith, not of works. It's a gift of God so that none of us can boast. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need that we can't fix ourselves. But this idea here, it says that God will render to each person according to his deeds. And he gives us these two groups of people. Um, it is, you could make that argument. Well, what kind of good deeds do I have to do then not to experience God's wrath? The, the shortest version of it is um, the one act of obedience, the, that first act of obedience that we all experience if you're a child of God is salvation. So <clears throat> while this would have, um, the Jews prior to Christ in the Old Testament were in a covenant relationship with God. They had the Ten Commandments. Um, but here's where we get back to Abraham. In Genesis 15, 5, God says, that Abraham was justified by faith, not by works. See, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God when God said Abraham was wealthy, his family was wealthy. God said, leave the Ur of the Chaldees in, in Genesis. Leave your family, leave your money, leave, leave everything basically and take your, your immediate family and go. And by the way, I'm not telling you yet where you're going. What if God told you that? God told me that one time. I wasn't very pleased. I thought I was going to New York, and God sent me to Baltimore. I, I had a little problem with God for a minute. Diane didn't. She knew what God was saying. I was a little slow. So, so he goes, Abraham was justified by faith, not by words. God makes that extremely clear. Um, in the, and he's going to do it again in Romans chapter 4. But he does say here, <clears throat> so and there are several arguments here, and you don't want to hear them. It's getting warm out, and uh, y'all thinking about other things. The ravens are coming on today. But, but truthfully, 
He says, some are seeking for glory, honor, and immortality. I'm doing good, seeking glory. Seeking God's glory is what's implied here. And honor for God and eternal life. So, and immortality, which means I am living for eternity. Those people are going to experience eternal life. He says, but if you're selfishly uh, ambitious and don't obey the truth, the truth of the gospel, um, you will experience the wrath and indignation, indignation of God. Listen, he says there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil. And he makes it, Paul makes it very clear. Look, and here's another thing in the book of Romans that makes it very clear to us that we are all on equal footing in front of God. We're all on, and, and it's so important to remember that. Is God just? Yes. Is he fair? Yes. Is he equitable? Yes. How do I know that? To the Jew first and also to the Greek. So he says it in verse 10. Uh, he says it in verse 9 and he repeats it in verse 10. He said it in chapter 1. He said, so eternal life, eternal life through right relationship with Jesus Christ is available to the Jew and to the Gentile. But guess what? God's wrath and judgment are stored up for both the Jew and the Gentile who reject Christ or who continue in that evil. Tribulation, this is not the same tribulation that when Paul says his, that God's children experience trials and tribulations. This is tribulation leading to death. Tribulation leading to eternal death. Eternal, I can't even fathom, I don't want to fathom, what is what it would be like to be eternally separated from God by my own choice. And Paul finishes, there's almost, um, it's almost like in the poetry language where there's this inclusio. He says the same thing at the beginning that he says at the end. It's a little said a little differently here, but in Romans 2.1, in Romans 2.1, he says, uh, every one of you, you have no excuse um, who pass judgment or who practice the same for you judge and practice the same things and then in verse 11 he says well, there is no partiality with God so we know here that <clears throat> God's going to judge the righteous and the unrighteous God is just God is fair God is equitable Paul says again in verse 11 for there is no partiality with God God is trustworthy I might let you down but God is always Amen. trustworthy Amen. and um, at the foot of the cross, we are all on equal footing. The United States of America is not a perfect place. Uh, you could be mistreated. You could experience, and many of you have, you've experienced unfair and unjust treatment when you go to the bank. You've experienced unjust and unfair treatment when you go to the real estate office, maybe because of the color of your skin. Or you move to a particular neighborhood and... Um, people judge you unfairly uh, because of what you look like. The Bible says here that there is no partiality with God. God is equitable. God is fair. And you will find churches are imperfect. Matter of fact, some churches are downright, you know, uh, the Christians and the Muslims all the way back to the Middle Ages and before the Middle Ages, and they're getting swords and shields out killing each other in the name of God. Uh, and a lot of hatred and, and we shouldn't be 
surprised by it. It hurts. Yes, it does. And we're at a time in our country, we're at a time in our country where everyone wants to seek unity and desires healing. Um, and it appears sometimes that we don't know how to get there. You and I have the answer because you and I know that if I don't judge you, if I don't judge you, and if I clean my own house, and if I seek to live righteously in my relationship with God, I know there's no partiality with God, then I'm going to treat you properly when I come out on Greenmount Avenue. Am I imperfect? Yeah. Am I a sinner? Yes. Am I going to make a mistake? Yep, I'm going to. Sometimes I'll just be ignorant on purpose. You've probably never experienced that. Uh, But you know what? The The shed blood of Jesus Christ covers those sins, and we're supposed to get up, grow, and move on. So was it a a lot of people, pins and needles all week, waiting for the results of the election to come in for one reason or another. A lot of people live with stress. I heard people say they didn't sleep all week. I felt bad for them. I slept fine every night. (laughs) Dog right up in the bed with us. I I did. I was tired every day. Uh, I slept well. but see, God is fair and just, and I just, I know I need to quit repeating myself, but I think moving forward, you can leave church today and say, man, I can lean into my relationship with God this week because I know God's going to treat me right. This trial I'm going through, this person in my life that's difficult, um, it may be even worse than difficult, right? You say, but God is fair. Even if somebody else treats me, God knows. God knows. And in Christ Jesus, I am treated. I am treated fair and just. And, and when we're all in heaven together someday, enjoying God's favor eternally and in person, um, we will know you will never experience that feeling of being treated that way again. Amen. And we should be encouraged. But listen, like the church folk who were the Jews back then, we need to be really careful that we're not out here, uh, that we're not out here being religious, judging those who have not yet come to know Christ. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that person. And we hear what God says about it. Paul takes it pretty seriously. Oh, in closing, you know what? Jesus said, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Uh, you know what? You want to you wanna accomplish God's will this week? Um, think the best of someone rather than the worst. Uh, consider these things. You know what? You want to have some joy this week? Clean your house and not somebody else's. Well, I mean, you can come clean my house. But, but you, clean house here before you worry about what someone else is doing. Sermon to me. Um, So those are some applications that I can take out there. Um, And I'm going to have a lot of opportunities this week to treat people a certain way, and so will you. Um, So so be encouraged. God's got your back. He's fair and just all the time. So in your relationship with God, give yourself a Take a deep breath. Enjoy five or ten minutes of life knowing that no matter what other, other craziness is going on out here, God's got you. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Amen. Uh, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Morgan will come and lead us in uh, some worship, and then we'll head out to food pantry. Father God, have your way in the hearts and minds of your people this morning. If there is even one here today who is not certain of their relationship with you, 
Father God, may they come on their knees with a repentant heart, asking for forgiveness and salvation today. And for those of us who claim to be your children, claim to be your people, Lord God, may we love our neighbor. May we not judge people unfairly. Lord God, may we seek goodness and immortality through you. May believers, Lord God, follow after you in this manner this week. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.